Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, and today we are live from the World Mizrahi headquarters in beautiful Yerushalayim. Weather's great. The uh, atmosphere here is uh, as incredible as it always is. And uh, today, uh, the Mizrahi Siyam Ashas is going to be happening at Binyanei Haoma. We're part of the program that precedes the Siyam Ashas at about 6 p.m. Israel time later today, 11 a.m. Eastern time. You will be able to watch most of what's going on at the uh, Binyanei Haoma by going to uh, Mizrahi.org slash Siyam. And here we are a day later in Jerusalem. Uh, everybody coming off the high of uh, what happened in New Jersey yesterday with 90,000 strong for the scene that took place there. And now we are at the uh, Mizrahi, uh, World Mizrahi headquarters getting ready for tonight's seum here in Yerushalayim. And Miriam L. Wallach, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning. It's afternoon here in Yerushalayim, and we are at a... Uh, we're really in a place that is home in a, ho- in a home for us. Home is, of course, Jerusalem sure. for all of us and for all Jews around the world. The Mizrahi headquarters for us has become a real home, something that's very significant to me and to you and to so many others. Um, We have seen, we've been witness to the complete revitalization of the World Mizrahi Movement uh, here based in Jerusalem. And uh, today we get to meet a lot of wonderful people who are part of the Siyam Ashas tonight and uh, who in general are just uh, part of the Mizrahi uh, organization, Mizrahi Movement, and um, have a, uh, a unique perspective uh, about what's happening in uh, Israel and the Jewish world. Um, I'll also mention right off the bat, even though we're not going to be uh, uh, spending that much time on this today, uh, but we certainly will be in the future, starting on January the 21st, uh, the Orthodox Israel Coalition, Mizrahi, uh, is going to be uh, one of the groups that's part of the... Um, uh, a part of the World Zionist Congress elections. Right. And uh, you'll be able to go to the website, which, of course, will tell everybody starting January 21st and vote and participate. And it's a very important vote for a variety of reasons, which we will explain. And we'll have Rav Daron Peretz on. He'll, I'm sure, mention it with us as well. Um, the big news is that on the Mizrahi slate, if one looks at the Mizrahi slate, they will find the name Miriam L. Wallach. As they will find the name Nachum Siegel yeah, as but, well. But I, I, I don't know, was I an afterthought? Like, did they go after you first? Is right, that- that's what they were looking for. Like, how do we get, all right, fine, we'll ask Siegel. <laughs> then she'll do it also. So you don't think that was the uh, Not strategy? Not so much. Not, though they did make a point of saying, and, and I appreciate that, that there is a certain percentage of, of the slate that has to be women. Right. Um, and women in attendance. Boy, the way, by the way, I, I sound even coldier in these headsets than I did just on my own. Well, you've created a new word, and congratulations on that. Thank you. Whoever thought Thank we'd you. be in Jerusalem and you added to the English lexicon. I'm going to ask Siri if that is not a word yet. <laughs> coldier. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not. But anyway, uh, well, to everybody listening, you sound great, and it's wonderful news that you're on the Mizrahi slate. We'll talk more about the election later on in January. But here we are in Jerusalem. This is as close as I'm getting to politics. Here we are in Jerusalem. Yes, where it's 52 degrees, so everybody was bundled up and complaining about the this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, folks, it's 52 degrees in January. January here in Jerusalem. Well, it's beautiful here today, thank yeah. God, and it'll be uh, it'll be beautiful during our stay, even though there may be some rain. But of course, That's rain okay. rain is beautiful. Gishmei bracha. That's it. When it happens in Israel, then it, then the rain is beautiful. 
And um, this is the beginning of a very uh, interesting journey for us. We're going to be uh, with our friends today at World Mizrahi. Tomorrow we're going to be at the Inbal Hotel with our friends from uh, Koran Publishers. On uh, Monday we're going to be with we're going to be with our friends at Shari Tzedek Medical Center, which right. is always a wonderful adventure. David Lowy will also be joining us tomorrow at the Inbal. David Lowy is going to be a guest of ours tomorrow. Right. You'll be able to hear that program on Friday, JM and the AM. And of course, we should mention that as a teaser, almost. To our Monday show at Shari Tzedek, yeah. Professor Yonatan Halevi will be joining us in the last half hour of our Friday Jam and broadcast from the Inbal. So that's happening tomorrow. He's, of course, the um, the historic uh, director general of Shari Tzedek. Correct. We're not calling him the outgoing. Yeah, that wouldn't sound right no. to us. But he's, Though he is outgoing. He is outgoing. Yeah. Um, and also, we should give a special push and a special thank you to the Inbal Hotel. Yes. Because, again, they have served as our headquarters here in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And we had an opportunity today to see uh, Ronnie and to uh, see Panina and and many other wonderful staff members at the Inbal. And And George. And George. And they try very hard to make us as uh, happy as possible. Correct. (laughs) And to give us incredible accommodations. Yeah, the rooms are gorgeous. I I mean, (laughs) the room I have, we've stayed in this hotel a million times. And I know that, that that sounds like a lot. In fact, it is. Um, and we've always had wonderful accommodations, but they have, again, just gone beyond the call of duty at the Inbal. So thank you, Inbal Hotel. And we should mention, yeah. which we will tomorrow again, that they have incredible specials for Pesach, and people mm-hmm. should consider if they're going to be in and Israel. And winter break. Right, and people should consider if they're going to be in Israel at any uh, point uh, during the early part of 2020 to consider the Inbal Hotel. We should also just mention that the size of my room right now is bigger than my first apartment. Ah! There you go. There's nothing to talk about. So you have space in Jerusalem. That's quite a. Yes. Uh, that's quite an. I'm really not leaving. Boy, all right. All right. Well, this, in, is the, this is the way to announce it. People always say. People yeah. always say, if I could make Aliyah to the Inbal, I would. Exactly. So here we go. You we think have, they'll take away our, my room? We have, we have our first example. Do you think Monday afternoon they take away <laughs> I, my room? I have a feeling, but we'll see what happens. Um, anyways, that's the story tonight. Um, Tonight's uh, crazy. In Benin Haoma. Yeah. Uh, there's the actual CMHS with people like Rabbi Yisrael Meir Lau, Rabbi Yaakov Ariel, Rabbi David Stav, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, who's here from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the CM will be led by Rabbi Lau, in fact. There'll be musical performances tonight by Yonatan Razel and Yitzhak Meir. And before that, the Mizrahi has um, taken the facility, Binyanei Haoma, and has turned it into a... Uh, into a uh, symposium. Yeah, into a very interesting symposium with many different options, including the one we're going to be at, where I have an opportunity to speak with Sivan Rachel Meir and Yedidya Meir. Uh, but Rabbi Shalom Gold, and Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Ramon, and uh, Rabbinit Chane Henkin, Rabbinit Rechele Frankel, Rabbinit Shani Tarragon are all going to be part of these sessions. And we'll be able to hear from a number of those speakers that you just mentioned during this three-hour broadcast. Correct. Many of them are going to be joining us. We have a very, as I said on Facebook, we have a very, very impressive list of guests today who are going to be joining us here at JM and the AM. Under normal circumstances, if you were interviewing somebody later in the day off of JM and the AM, like you are with with Sivan Rachav Meir and Yedidya Meir, you and I would be concerned, well, you know... Do I really want to talk to the same people twice in one day? Right. Am I? But forget it. You could talk to them for three hours on JM and AM, and then do another forty-five minutes, and still have plenty of material. All right, I'll agree with that. But I am concerned. Okay. <laughs> if you are wondering, well, I wasn't wondering. <laughs> I knew the answer to my question. But if you're wondering, I am. Concerned. There is so much material. <laughs> There's a lot to talk. Correct. About. There's a lot to talk about, and also, I mean, Shani Tarragon, Rabbanit Shani Tarragon is such a force. 
There's going to be... Um, She'll be joining us here live in the studio. Correct. In our remote studio. Our mobile studio. Our mobile studio here at Mizrahi headquarters. Right. We used to call... So Yoni doesn't know that we used to call it makeshift. And it was bad. Oh, I thought it was remote that was bad, but no. it's remote's okay. Just remote mo- was fine. Mobile's better. Correct. Makeshift made it sound like we really do stick everything together with <laughs> chewing gum. <laughs> right. Which sometimes I do feel that we are sticking together with, but not, not anymore. Today. No, not today. But yes, I'm looking forward to seeing Rabbi Chani Tarangan and just a number of of fresh voices, well known community members, well known Jewish leaders who are all part of this show and part of the Mizrahi lineup. A testament to their reaching out to the broader Jewish community, the greater Jewish community, in an attempt to unify everyone under this Siam Hashas. And we should mention, by the way, that our friends at Koran Publishers will be with us tomorrow. Correct. They have a very big presence at tonight's Siam Hashas in Jerusalem. And they also have a crazy deal on the Noe uh, Talmud. Koran is now offering the Talmud reference package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe edition Koran Talmud Bavli. The Talmud reference package includes... All necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the Practical Talmud Dictionary, the Gemara Card, and Rav Steinsaltz's Revised Reference Guide. The 42-volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping. Go to korenpub.com. Korenpub.com prices will be going up, of course, after the CMHS. And now, special for the CMHS, you can get all of Masechet Barachot for just $30. Koren's offering the Noe Edition Koren Talmud, Masechet Barachot, in color or black and white for just $30. Go to korenpub.com for details. Korenpub.com for details. Amazing. Here we are Thursday in our mobile studio in Is Jerusalem. It Thursday? It's Thursday. And we're in Jerusalem. I'm and on the air today. That's right. At 10.30 Eastern time. Correct. Um, I actually know what I'm doing today. Wow. I know. Nice. It's shocking. Do you want to uh, enlighten us? Actually, Rabbanit, oh, do we call her Rabbanit? Why not? Rabbanit Rifki Siegel will be joining me. She is the author of Living Tehillim, Finding Yourself in the Songs of Tehillim. I know she's already joined you on JM in the AM, but I'm looking forward to speaking to her as well at 1030. So that happens at 1030 Eastern Time this morning on That's Life. Miriam Alwalek and Rifki Siegel on the book entitled Living Tehillim. Plenty more coming up on a very, very action-packed morning here at JM and the AM from World Mizrahi headquarters in Jerusalem with a lot of very, very special guests. You're listening to JM in the AM.
a.m. as we continue live on this Thursday. We're at the Mizrahi World Headquarters in Yerushalayim. Tonight is the big Siyam Ashas HaOman. As we mentioned, we would be meeting some very, very distinguished people today here in the Mizrahi Headquarters. Uh, and visiting with us right now, you can go to Facebook.com right now, Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Racheli Frankel is with us. Racheli Frankel, of course, the mother of Naftali Frankel, Ayal Gilada Naftali, were, uh, uh, were uh, very well known to the uh, Jewish world and continue to be well known to the Jewish world after the horrific episode that took their lives at the hands of, uh, of terrorists. But the three of them... Um, posthumously have gone ahead and been a source of tremendous unity and tremendous inspiration for the Jewish world, and I mean world, around the entire globe. Uh, Racheli Frankel is a, uh, an educator, a Torah educator at Nishmat and director of Matan's Hilchata Institute, advanced halacha program at Matan's Women's Institute for Torah Studies. Racheli, Rabbanit Racheli Frankel, shalom, shalom, and welcome back to JM in the AF. Thank you, Racheli, for you. <laughs> is that good enough? Good enough, Just yes. making sure. Uh, tonight's a big night because we get to celebrate Jewish education, and you're somebody who has spent a lot of time specifically for, in Jewish education for women and has watched uh, really an entire uh, section of our community blossom when it comes to uh, education. What could you tell us about the significance of tonight's event vis-a-vis Jewish women in our community? Well, first of all, I'm lucky to be part of you know um, a time, a generation, where, where all of this is available to women. Gemara, right. Halacha, uh, all sorts of Tanakh, Hasidut, whatever you want. It's like the whole bookshelf is, is available to anybody, and women are included. Uh, in our Batei Midrashot, specifically where I learn in Nishmat and Matan, but uh, many others, there are women that are growing in Torah. And when the whole world celebrates Daf Yomi, we're there too. Uh, the numbers aren't tremendous yet, but there are more and more women joining uh, the world of uh, Daf Yomi. Matan actually just is finishing now for the second time. So we have a Shul Daf Yomi every day for 15 years, and it's absolutely amazing. It is incredible to see what's going on, and uh, Rabbi Weinrib was with us yesterday, and he pointed out as he was discussing the, <laughs> the uh, Koran Talmud Bavli, every time he mentioned people studying Dafyomi, he said men and women who study uh, Talmud Bavli, and that wasn't a very common uh, way of putting it a few years ago. It is. I mean, it's, it's growing all the time, and it's, um, it's now just part of the scenery. Right. It's, it's, uh, I think this is the last time we're going to make a big deal about women uh, learning. We're going to just be <laughs> celebrating be, together. You might be right about that. We may actually get past that point yes, yes. at some point. Uh, Racheli Frankel is with us. We would be amazed at some of the women uh, who you uh, associate with on a regular basis. We would be, at some of the men and others would be absolutely amazed at just how scholarly they are and the type of academics that they're able to pursue and succeed at at this point. You know, point. one of my colleagues in Ishmat, uh, Dr. Dina Timmerman, she's uh, actually a pediatrician, and she works with the, with the Yotot Alacha, does amazing things. I just, I was wondering if she did this round. So she said, well, yeah, I've been doing this straight since I was 16. I'm finishing my fifth time. That, that was through medical school. Through she, she ran the Dafyomi Shur in Einstein. It, she's, I mean, and there are... Uh, Growing numbers of women like her. So it's pretty amazing. It, it becomes your first language, not your second acquired language, but you grow into it. It's absolutely a gift from Hashem. The programs that you're with, these are specifically for Israeli women, people around the world. Who do you, uh, who, who do you generally associate with? 
So uh, the Batei Midrash are uh, both Israeli and Anglo-Saxon. There were a lot of Americans in the beginning, and thank God there are more and more Israelis. Um, it depends, you know, there, there are kids that come for right after high school for gap year programs, but then there are women that are there long-term, becoming Torah scholars, becoming Yotzot Halacha, becoming experts in Halacha, in Hilchata, learning for six years Halacha only, uh, in a very, very high uh, level. So they come from all over, and the truth is, it's about the service, because it goes back to the community, and the communities are all, all, of, all over. Yotzot Halacha today are right. in all over the United States. What would be the best way to translate Yotzot Halacha? Halachic advisors, would that be the best way? Yes, it's women that were that are experts in Tarat Mishpacha, right. and they got, uh, you know, a reshut to answer Halacha questions in those fields, and around the United States, they're, they're employed by communities. I wonder if they're accepted more in the diaspora or in Israel, or is it really the same in both places? I think they're probably, uh, you know, it was more uh, natural in Eretz Israel because it, there's less here of uh, tension around titles and ordination, you know, things like right. that. Here it was just a service to the community and it grew in a very organic way. In America, there's some tensions that we are becoming very aware of, but thank God the welcoming of Yotzot Halacha was going very well in many communities. There, there are Yotzot in the States in over 50 communities. Wow, that's amazing. So. And I know there's some that actually uh, consult with multiple communities. There's some that yes, are, yes, which is yes, pretty cool. Yes. Racheli Frankel is with us. So tonight is a, is a big event of Jewish unity. And of course, when we think of you and your family, we think of unity. That's a, a byproduct of everything that your family has been through. I mean, we have so many... Um, so many issues with the Jewish world and so many things that we can't always agree on. It's good to have a celebration that seems to be a unified one, right? Definitely, definitely. I mean, it also has its different shades, but, but they're welcoming to each other, I think, mostly. Right, and uh, what do you expect tonight? What do you expect in terms of the, the celebration tonight? It's just simcha shel Torah. You know, uh, the energies are very high. Um, it, you know, many of the people have invested seven and a half years in this, and it's it's a very important point. And then there are other people that are that are just there to celebrate. I mean, not each one of us studies dafyomi. We do our learning in different ways. But the fact that this has become a, a, a big celebration, that for itself is a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'll bring a metaphor from a different place. Uh, when we were lighting the torches in Yom Atzmaut, one of the guys there was the engineer that was the head of uh, Bereshit. That, that flew to the moon, actually crashed on the right. moon. <laughs> that and almost made it to the moon. Almost <laughs> touched the moon. Right. And, and we were talking about how high school kids come over, and, and elementary school kids come over to him asking for his order, you know, his right, uh, signature. Right. Uh, and having, a, a, you know, a geek uh, engineer as a celeb, <laughs> that's a big deal. It, it changes your culture. Mm. And having a, a Dafyo Mi Sium uh, as a huge celebration, that, that changes culture. That, that is very, very significant. And, you know, we really, it, it's, we should thank, you know, uh, the Rabbi Shapira from Lublin and, and the Kadosh Baruch that we get to this point. How is your family doing? How's everyone doing at this point? Thank God. Baruch thank Hashem. God. Baruch Hashem. Baruch and do you travel to the United States at all or you spend most of your time here? I spend most of my time here, but I do travel a lot all over. And uh, that's, and w when you're there, you're in different communities and you're lecturing and... Uh, Mostly teaching Torah and uh, also trying to do something about Jewish unity and... Uh, you know, is there hope? Is there hope for Jewish unity? Always, Frankel? always, always. Someone yeah. always says to me, there's hope, we just don't know if there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning, it would be a better idea not to have three elections a year. So. 
That would be one way to start. That huh? would be one way to start. You could say that again. Thank you so much for being here thank today. Thank you. Thank you for having and me. And congratulations on tonight and to being part of this program. To and to again, thank you. It's great seeing you. Racheli Frankel, you can check out the video at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. Plenty more coming up here on a Thursday morning, JM in the AM, live from Yerushalayim at Mizrahi World Headquarters, where tonight we're going to be at the CMS Shasa B'nyanei HaOmah. Keep it here at JM in the AM. Zmanim Kashim Ha'am Biyachad Kulam Uchanim Ha'am Uchad Sahal Maket Ha'am Uchad Megubashim
with uh, Yerushalayim Shebalev as uh, we continue here on a Thursday morning broadcast. We are live at the Mizrahi World Headquarters in Yerushalayim and the Rav Yosef Tzvi Rimon, who we first met many, many years ago when he founded Jab Katif to help people who were displaced by the um, disengagement in 2005. He is, of course, the Rosh Yeshiva of the Jerusalem College of Technology, Machon Lev. He's the rabbi, the Rav of uh, Alon Shvut Darom, the southern part of Alon Shvut. And, of course, Rav Rimon is part of tonight's program at Binyanei Haoma. Rav Rimon, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom. Nice to be with you again. Nice to speak with you. Tonight, uh, the topic that you're going to be discussing at Binyanei Haoma is working and learning. Can they go together? 
Now, I don't want I don't want you to reveal everything that you're going to say tonight. But what can you tell us about this topic when so many people think they can't go together? You know, on one hand, it is very difficult, uh, and it seems you know someone who works and works hard and. I have in my community in Alonsburg. Lots of people, they work all day and night. I have uh, here in Machon Lev, Academic Merkaz Lev, JCT, and lots of uh, students and people that think they work, they learn hard in, uh, and in uh, technology and high tech. And it seems very difficult. But really, first of all, Halacha, halachic. Uh, as much as you are working hard and learning in all the important things in your life, you need more to learn Torah. And I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult. But I think it's not just that you need to do also the mitzvah of Torah. You can say, okay, I will learn Torah and also I'm working. If someone is learning every day, if someone is learning Bakloimi or other things but learns every day, all the day is different. His, his work, his uh, profession, doesn't matter what, what does he do, every time, everything comes from Torah and it inspires his whole day. No question about it. Rabbi Yosef Tzvirimon is with us. What are your thoughts about tonight when the year going to be many, many people, thousands of people celebrating the completion of Daf Yomi, the completion of, of what you just described, making sure to study every single day. You know, it's something that really we can't understand because 30 years ago, well, you know, who learned Daf Yomi? Who learned? There are a few people here, a few people there. To see today, thousands and thousands and thousands all over the, the world, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and I think there's lots of things that we have to learn from this uh, issue. First of all, if people thought to themselves, you know, how, how much can we manage? We can learn maybe here, there. Today we know it doesn't matter what, whatever you do. Everyone has the ability to finish the whole shaft. And uh, this teaches us, and more even Rabbi Arab Lichtenstein all the time said, don't try to be, you know, something in the middle. Try to challenge yourself in Torah and to be the best, whatever you can do. So this is first issue, understanding that you can learn from it. Everyone has the ability, has koach, to learn, to finish Shas, Mishnah, Torah, Mishnevore. This is first thing. Second thing, there are people that uh, they say, you know, any case, every day I forget what I learned yesterday <laughs> and what I learned a few days ago. So what's the point? I have uh, a dear friend in Australia, Robert Epstein. He's finishing now. He finished yesterday the shop. And he told me, I don't know what I remember. But I know I read the whole shop. And when we are reading, learning shop, it comes inside to our body, to our soul. We are different people. We are different people. Something uh, 
so important, Torah, uh, the voice of Hashem, when body, we are not the same. Also, it may be, we don't remember, and sometimes people are surprised that, oh, this, this thing I learned, this thing I learned, and this, thing, this I think, is a second issue. A third issue that we see in the POME, there are people everywhere in the world, Israel, in the States, Iran, Russia, everywhere. When you go to a school or to vacation, doesn't matter, in another country, you know, you search, you find a group of people that are learning the POME. And I think that this is also something so important to bring Achdis, to bring Israel to be together. Everyone knows he'll find people, lots of people in this country and that country that are learning exactly the same thing that he's learning. It's unbelievable to bring Am Israel to be together, to be connected. And the fourth thing, you know, sometimes someone has a wedding, he has this, and lots of things. And really, it, it wouldn't be like Dafti Oini, that you must learn every day that. So we'll say, okay, today I'm busy, to have no time. And that's the only teaches us, if something is important for you, you'll find time, you'll manage. And to learn every day that it's a mission, it's not easy. And people, very busy people, they find time every day because they understand Torah is our center. And uh, it's so important to know, maybe 10 hours you are working and doing other things, Maybe one hour, half an hour, you are learning Torah. But the point is not just how much time you do it, but what is important in your life. And when you are doing that, you every day. Also, if you have a wedding at night, you have this, doesn't matter what. It's a message for you, for your children. Torah is the center of my life. I don't give up Torah. Doesn't matter what's going to be. I'm going to learn the daf. Rav Yosef Tzvi Ramon is with us. Rav Yomon, very inspiring and perfectly said for the uh, for, for Erev, the Daf Yomi Siyom, which is coming up tonight at Binyanei Haoma. We, we have a minute left. I can't let you go without telling you about all the chesed that you taught us. Back in 2005 with the Jab Katif, you basically said we cannot neglect our brothers and sisters. Even if we disagree with the Israeli government, it doesn't mean that they need to be punished for what happened. And we have to make sure to be there with clothing, with housing, and most importantly with jobs for people who were displaced. With all the Torah study, and, I, and believe me, I understand how critical the Torah study is, as you just described. We also have to make sure to keep our brothers and sisters who are in need at the forefront of our thoughts and our deeds at all times. So, uh, I have to tell you, Baruch Hashem, most of my time, I learn Torah, I teach Torah, but I believe Torah is Torah Chesed. Torah Chesed means that if you really learn Torah, it gives you all the time, the power, and uh, uh, the motivation to do Chesed. And Baruch Hashem, we started with Job Katif. We brought 3,000 3, people of Gush Katif back in Jobs. We opened 280 businesses, and from this we saw we had a system. And we opened another thing to help the Ethiopian communities to be uh, academic and to be nurses in a hospital. And we opened another organization to help soldiers for needy families who are helping 1,800 soldiers uh, to help them to have a future. And we opened for teenagers in risk 
המכינה, בפור דה ארמי, טינג'רס וואטאקינגוווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווווו
comes from Shalshelis Jr. here at uh, JM in the AM. We're in Jerusalem at the World Mizrahi Headquarters, or Mizrahi World Headquarters. You could, uh, you could say it any which way you want. Uh, the most important thing is that we are here uh, in a place that uh, Harav Daron Peretz has completely turned around, in my opinion. Um, Rav Daron is here. He's, of course, uh, he, and, uh, he and leaders of other organizations and efforts together are tonight at Binyanei HaOmah for the Siyom HaShas. Before the Siyom HaShas begins, there'll be a symposium that will include uh, many distinguished personalities, including some who we spoke with already today, uh, Rabbanit Racheli Frankel, Rabbi Yosef Tzvi Rimon, and many others. And I have the honor of being part of that. And uh, you could watch all of it at Mizrahi.org slash Siyom to see the uh, actual uh, Siyom Hashas this evening. Harav Daron Peretz, welcome back to JM in the AM. It's an honor and privilege to be here with you in your Shalim. It's an honor and privilege to have you, Nachum, Miriam, and the team here for the Siyom Hashas. We're not letting you go. You're going to be with <laughs> us for the next couple of hours. I know you're very busy today, but I don't care. I have too much to discuss with you. A uh, couple of things. First of all, um, you know... I said this to you the first time we met. All of this is very meaningful to me. My father was the youngest delegate in the last World Zionist Congress before the establishment of the State of Israel. Basel, 1946, if I have my facts correct. I think it was the 22nd World Zionist Congress, Mm, if I'm not mistaken. And the fact that you have invited me and members of my team to be part of the slate for the upcoming election and to be part of this incredible program, which is happening tonight, and in general to take part in the amazing revitalization of the Mizrahi organization. I hope everyone you work with around the world acknowledges what I, what I see as a, as a complete fact. Uh, I walked into your office for the first time with some skepticism, as you know, because there are many who over the years <laughs> yeah. wanted to really make the Mizrahi a very active and important organization. You've gone ahead and you've done it. So for that. And Mazel Tov on tonight. And again, thank you for uh, having us part of it. Um, what's interesting is when I said all of this to you off the air, you sort of said you're baderech. You're on the road to making this a very vital and important organization. What do you think at this point is missing? Because to the naked eye, to an observer like me, it seems that you've done it already. That's very kind of you. And thank you for your very warm and kind words. And I appreciate also the historic connection with your father and reinvigorating Mizrahi. There's so much more to it. At the end of the day, I think, as we all know, Mizrahi became a product of its own success. Its failure became a product of its own success. Correct. I remember Rabbi Beryl Wine telling me, I'm very close to as many, many of us are saying that in Chicago in the 1920s and 30s, the only game in town was Mizrahi. The only orthodox religious organization building Yiddishkeit was Mizrahi. I come from Johannesburg, South Africa. The first and largest Torah school in South Africa in the 1950s, Yeshiva College, where I had the privilege of studying and returning to be a rabbi and head of school, was founded by Mizrahi. But what did Mizrahi do, as we know, all over, as we know, uh, all over the world, we know what they did. What Mizrahi did was focus, as they should have, on the building of the new state of Israel. Right. So there was a, a watershed moment. And the only critical success factor Mizrahi then had was go to Israel and make a difference there. However, in that lacuna and vacuum was created a dearth of the creative energy of religious Zionism because it was all focused on Israel. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to re Now that we have a state of Israel and now that the center is so firmly, thank God, after 72 years firmly in Israel, it's a time of Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. It's a time to reinvigorate what does Torah and Eretz Israel mean today in the 21st century where there's a center, but still 55% about of world Jew, Jews live around the world. Right. What's the message of those values of Torah and Israel today where there is a center in Israel and the communities around the world which, uh, which would 
benefit greatly from the synergy of those values. And I can tell you, why well, I say it's the beginning, because there are a lot of countries around the world, there are many Jewish communities, and each and every one needs an element of reinvigoration. Not all of them, some of them are totally amazing, but needs invigoration. We've just started in France now, 450,000 Jews. The same thing happened over there. There is a, a real sense of a need for a strong Torah in Eretz Yisrael, um, you know, c community and commitment, and I could go on and on and on. So that's what I mean. There's the beginning. There's so much more to do. I wonder if you're the beneficiary of an interesting period of time, because for so many decades there was always an impression among diaspora Jews that the that Israel depended on us, depended on diaspora Jewry, and now over the last few years it's become evident that in so many ways it's really Israel that's supporting diaspora Jewry. And I wonder if that is, is part of what you just mentioned. It's 100% part that of it. That now there's an attitude in the diaspora that I seek what I need from Israel. I think the best line that I know, I actually heard this line first from Naftali Bennett. I made Aliyah, came back five and a half years ago to be Mizrahi. And at a conference I heard him say this. I don't know if it's if he made it up or if he heard it, but he, I, I heard it for the first time from him. And to me, it's the essence of what's going on in the Jewish world and the mission of Mizrahi. He said as follows. He said, for the first 70 years of Israel, the state of Israel was the project of the Jewish people. It's now time for the Jewish people to be the project of the state of Israel. That's what it is. And that's what's changed. So, and I think it's shifted. And now those of us living in Israel, and especially in the religious Zionist world, which because Israel is so central, tend to focus on Gvulot Eretz Israel, mm -hmm. and one of our major missions in Israel, and by the way, that's why we've partnered with the Datilumi World across Israel, two organizations, Mizrahi and Mifalot Hatzun, in fact, the man who just walked in that you know was Tzvitz Fibel from Mifalot Hatzun, taking the breadth of the Datilumi movement in Israel and connecting it to the diaspora. Why? Because I believe, as I say to them, Ahavat Yisrael doesn't end at Gvulot Eretz Israel. There's a massive community out there, and it's important to build the heart the state of Israel. But what about the entire body of the Jewish people? And I think that is our, not in God forbid, in a patronizing, right. we, in a sense of Arvut, we are responsible for our fellow Jews all over and the world. And by the way, there's historical pre uh, pre precedence for that. The Mizrahi in the past has reached out and tried either officially or unofficially to partner with other organizations and other efforts that would enhance the entire experience for everybody. 100%. So th that, there is a precedent for that. Uh, 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 we're speaking with uh, Rav Daron Peretz, who of course leads World Mizrahi from here in Yerushalayim. Tonight is the big event. We call it the Siyam Ashas plus the symposium beforehand that will be of, of, of tremendous interest to people around the world. Uh, this was a, uh, an effort, a unified effort with you as Mizrahi and many other organizations who together are in the historic Binyanei Haoma tonight. What is your preview of this evening's event? Well, as I said, I think the core of this event is unity. Halavai, for the next year we can have unity of all of Klal Yisrael. Amen. I know what happens in the MetLife Center is, un, you know, is unbelievable, 92,000, I believe it's unbelievable. So, um, but I think there's room here, certainly here, to, there are lots of Siyomayashas over here. I think the ideal, ultimately, is to bring it all together. That Then it's really Chazon Achritamim, when you can bring all the Drachim and all the communities together for one Bezrat Hashem, one global one. That will be the, please God, but by the next year or thereafter, but at least for this one, what we try to do in Israel is create a unity across the the um, you know the Datilomi world mm -hmm. from all all all, all avenues, and, and it often needs a lot of compromises. There's a lots of there's, yet, as you know, with any unity, you've got to uh, you know certain things are like to be give very take. There's a lot of give and take, <laughs> but that's a price. Thank God of unity. But what this is is a even the language. Now, what language is the Siyum going to be? So the pre-program of the 1,200 people will be in English. The Siyum's in Hebrew, so people are getting simultaneous translation, live streaming it around the world, who should and who shouldn't speak. And for me, it's about one thing. 
let's begin with unity in-house, bring all the institutions in Israel and from around the world connected to this. And that's a great start. By the way, Binyan Aumar is not big enough. We were right. sold out a long time ago, but Bezrat Hashem, it's a good start. It sounds like it's been quite a process. Baruch Hashem, you've gotten to this point. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. If you're watching on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. This is the most recent edition of uh, Hamizrahi. It is an amazing publication. I don't know exactly how many pages. Oh, 60, here we go, 64 pages. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing publication. You invite an unbelievable... I don't think we in the Datilumi community, the modern Orthodox community, Zionist community, cult, whatever you want, I don't think we realized how many academics and scholars and really qualified mm-hmm. rabbis and rabbinites we had that can present on Torah issues, and you include a lot of them in each issue. No, absolutely. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's started at 20 pages. It's now 64. Um, you know, I suppose you've got to limit it somewhere. No, I mean, thank God. I mean, we've got hundreds of rabbis, rabbis, and scholars, um, you know, women and men of unbelievable stature. The challenge always is limiting them to one or two pages. Right. <laughs> so it's got to be cut down and cut down and cut down. But but thank God. And it's really, and that's the aim of this Hamizrahi magazine. It's today in 70,000 copies. It's in 12 countries around the world. It's in English and in Spanish as well, because we've also started in South America. And it's a giving a sense that wherever you go around the world, it's something which brings Torah to Eretz Yisrael with the leading minds in Israel and, and, and around the world in a sense of that you're part of something bigger than yourself. I have to say, Nach, when I was in South Africa, this bothered me so much. There I was building the Tilomi, uh, modern Orthodox, however we'll you know, present it. And I felt like, but I'm, I'm the Lone Ranger. What am I part of? You want to be part of something bigger than yourself. And this is really the idea is to bring all of these kuchot together. And that's part of the aim of this. That's why we take such pride every time we see this in our synagogue or anywhere else. Everyone takes pride in it. Mm. It's ours, and and we're accompanied by all these greats, as you just uh, described it. Thank you. Uh, This was the most recent, the Hanukkah issue. The next one, I assume, will be... Tubishvat. Tubishvat. We're not even waiting for Purim. No way. We're going for Tubishvat. That's also all the Manachagim. Tubishvat. We can't forget about that. Of course, your Matzmot, your right. Mushalayim, all of these sort of modern days and all forgotten days. So it's not just the major Chagim and the Manachagim, it's the modern ones as well. That's what we. Uh, I was surprised did. there was an issue for Chayes Sarah, right? Wasn't there a separate one well, for Well, that we did. There was a special edition because it's, it's Chagim based. Right. We did that because of Hebron right. and we had people and partners in, interested in. Hebron, and so therefore we did a, a unique right. one for Hebron. Now, I, I'm, only, I'm rushing only because I know you have a crazy afternoon before the CMHS begins. January 21st, the vote begins, and we're going to have plenty of time, Baruch Hashem, to talk about this, and you're also, I'm proud to say, depending on us to discuss it on our own as well, Absolutely. which we're going to be doing. Um, from the 21st of January until the 11th of March, which starts three weeks from now, uh, there's an Orthodox Israel coalition. It's called Mizrahi. It's everyone's opportunity to vote Torah. And as you described to me earlier, this is really focused on the United States of America. This is where the, uh, it, it does not happen in this format in most other countries. This is where this format takes shape. And everybody has an opportunity to vote in this process. 100%. And we're going to be encouraging everyone to do so. And if you could, in a, in a word or two, what does our slate, because I'm proud to be part of it, what does our slate represent? So two things I firstly want to say. There's an unbelievable opportunity to vote here. Just like Jews in Israel, all citizens of Israel can vote to, you know, for the Knesset, which we do right. for the <laughs> third time very in the year. Often. We do very often. <laughs> he has at a similar time, in this 50-day period, opportunity for Jews in the United States to vote to impact on what happens in the world's Zionist organization. And 
every every Jew has an opportunity to participate in this. And in America, because so, it's the largest Jewish community in the world, and therefore has a, a tremendous stake in the World Zionist Organization from a geographical representation, there are a huge amount, there's a huge amount at stake over here. So Mizrahi is really part and parcel and integrally involved in the Orthodox Israel Coalition. That's what we are. We are people committed to Torah Israel and Eretz Israel, and at the heart of that, I'm Israel. So that's what we are. I'm Israel, Torah Israel. So really, this coalition is all the major organizations, or many of the major organizations involved right. in what I would call modern Orthodoxy, religious Zionism, as we know. OU, YU, you've got the whole list, Mizrahi, Amit, Young Israel, RCA, Toro, Toro, Mitzion, V'chulei, Benaki, V'chulei. It's really to bring together the entire, the breadth of the modern Orthodox and religious Zionist world, its communities, its organizations, its shuls, schools, and camps, and saying we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We stand for Torah, I'm Israel, Eretz Israel, the State of Israel, and how can we make our voice heard in Israel, which we'll have a lot of time to, uh, to talk about, and how can we make what happens in Israel relevant to our communities. And there are a million and one issues I could talk about which are critical over here for the future of the American Jewish community and the, the Datilomi modern Orthodox community with all of its issues and having its voice heard in Israel in an impactful way. And I am thrilled personally to have you and Miriam, we are thrilled to have you part of our slate, where you belong, going connected to Basel of 1946 with your father and really making sure that the voice of Torah and Eretz Israel and the State of Israel are which many are trying to separate between those right. two and really making it uh, um, um, as impactful and transformative as possible. The difference between me and my father is who's the youngest delegate to that Zionist <laughs> Congress. I will not be the youngest. You, me, won't, you won't be the oldest either. <laughs> it took me a long time to catch up, I'll tell you that much. If someone wants to vote for a movement that is now on the upswing, and is now really taking your role in terms of the future of Eretz Israel, I mean, the United Israel very seriously, this is where they belong with the Mizrahi um, uh, slate, the Mizrahi coalition. Orthodox Israel coalition, Orthodox Mizrahi vote Torah slate. And we will talk about this ah, yes. from the moment that the vote begins 100%. on the 21st of January. Um, mazal tov on tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us here and for making us part of it. And, uh, and just continue your amazing work. And Thank it's great you. to be here Thank with you. Thank you. It's really mutual. And I appreciate all your sentiments. And and it's an honor and privilege for us to have our boardroom as the Nachum Siegel Networks Center for the coming hours. You Thank can you. say that again. <laughs> our mobile studio is, is now uh, permanently for today in the Mizrahi headquarters. More coming up. You are listening to a very special Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM. Na 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 na
studio is in Yerushalayim at the World Mizrahi headquarters here in Yerushalayim. How do you like that? Uh, go to Facebook right now and you can watch this uh, next conversation right in front of your very eyes. Uh, Rabbi Ari Khan is with us. I know Rabbi Khan for, uh, oh man, longer than either of us <laughs> would care to admit. Um, in many ways, he's a Rebbe to me because he answers a lot of questions for me. And uh, also he's a Rebbe because his Svarim, Specifically, the ones on uh, on Chumash, on the ones the, the, with the uh, uh, Parsha Shavuot, the Torah portion, are right next to my Shabbos table, and they are they are utilized on a regular basis. Rabbi Khan. with that, I say welcome to JMA. Thank you, thank you. It's nice. Somebody told me, no, your your safer is right by my bedstand. I said that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> as, as if it could put you to sleep. That's right, that's right. That, that's what I use to go to sleep. So I can always sell the stuff as sleep aids, right? <laughs> at, least, at least I have it at the dining room table. I mean, come on. Although I sometimes do those okay. off there, but all right. Okay. You have to admit these are among the most difficult parshiot of the entire oh, Torah. Oh, no. You don't, you don't agree with that? No, I love these parshiot. They're so rich. There's so much going on. They're the best. But I would think, because I've heard others say this, yeah. That after analyzing yeah. and after studying these parsha, let's say we'll start with Yaakov and Esav, because that's where the real difficulties and the, all the craziness begins, right. you know, with the... The dysfunctionality. <laughs> correct. <laughs> so starting with there, all the way to the brothers, and now, of course, the reunion with Yosef and his brothers, you're, uh, there are people who would say it becomes only more confusing the more you study it. You wouldn't agree with that. 
well, apparently you have a very uh, sensitive moral, you know, sense, <laughs> <Is that laughs> and, and, and and therefore these issues, you know, concern you. But uh, the parshiot are fascinating. The Torah is fascinating. But it's funny you say moral sense because that that is part of the. That's what bothers you. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's chicanery or outright lying or whatever the case may be. Okay. I may have said in a class more than once, because I think it's been recorded, and people get upset with me. I said, you know, you look at the, you, you look at the Shvatim. I said, how many of the Saris Adibros did they break? Too many. Right? Unless you have, like, part of the cover-up. Right. You know, and say, oh, no, he really didn't do that. He really didn't right. do that. But, uh, and, and listen, we have an advantage. When we were in high school, we all skipped Perak Lamed Ched. So, <laughs> so, so that's not even <laughs> there. It's, it's, no, it's a printer's mistake. It goes straight from Lamed Zion to Lamed Tess. There is no Lamed Ched over there. So, <laughs> so that all never happened. So is that what it is, that because people did not have the, I don't want to say moral code, but, but, but may have overstepped their bounds when it came to those things? Is that what troubles people like me? Yeah, because we're reading backwards. We're reading our... Va- we're, we're, we're reading and expecting them all to have kept every sif in the Shulchan Aruch. Right. And... We're imprinting our expectations yeah, on them. Yeah. But, but, all, but we, we all do that. That right? happens a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, we all do that. So instead we have to look at them and, and realize these aren't tzaddikim, but there's a flaw over there. And that's part of the beauty of the Torah. I think the Maharal once said something to, the, to this effect that if God didn't write the Torah, that must have been an anti-Semite. <laughs> because you don't have this in other religions where the people are the heroes. Right. I mean, just think about it. Is, can you imagine Bible criticism, if you're going to give it any validity, so during the time of David and Melech, somebody's writing this about Yehuda? Right. Or writing about David? Like, right. like, how do you get away with that and be right. alive? No, no. We, we, there's a great deal of honesty over here. And, that, and that's really what's so important. Interesting. Um, Rabbi Ari Khan is here. So t- tonight... Tonight there is a Siamashas going on mm. at Binyanei Homa. I do not know if you're one who uh, peruses uh, Dafyo each and every day. I don't know what your... Uh, it's an addiction. What your, do you consider it an addiction? It's a total addiction. I can't stop. I love your perspective on these things. Last week I finished on, on, uh, on Les Shabbos, and, uh, and it was always like this hesitation. Okay, do I open up Rachos the next day or not? And of course I have to. I have no choice that I have to. So you're ahead but, of the game already. I'm, yeah, more, I'm always... Uh, Listen, I'm a rabbi. So people may ask me questions. So I have to make believe like, yeah, I remember that from seven years ago. <laughs> when it was really yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so may I ask you how, how many times you've got through Shas? Would that be a fair question? It's a fair question. This may, this may be the third time I'm finishing. And, I mean, three is much different than one, right? I mean, what you yeah. gain from the third, I would guess, is much different than what you gain the first time I'm around. Look, I'm looking at different things. I finished the book now. You get, get ready for my next book. Let it's, me hear. it's a book on Agadot. And the stories and the Talmud and so yeah. on. Called, what are we calling the book? Crowns on the Letters. Nice. And I've been working on this book for 30 years. Re- really, like the oldest stuff is like 30 years old. And I can honestly say that the last time I went through, I'm checking every idea in the book and every daf that I'm learning. To see if it's there or to see how it's To see if there's anything that is... That, right, that, that could add to it. That add or counters right. whatever. But I, I could just say that I went through the last time. That's one of the things in my head, just checking every idea that I have in that book. Is it... Is that that's a, unbelievable? I can't. I, unfortunately, I can't relate to that. But <laughs> someone like yourself, a scholar like yourself, it must be tremendous. So as I'm doing it now, I'm looking at different things. Sometimes trying to keep track: Eretz Yisrael, Bavel, which yeshiva, which what's going on, Rebbe, Talmud, ideas of certain people going all the way through. So I'm just trying to keep track of those kinds of things. Right. So I'm just looking at who to you is the most fascinating figure in the Talmud. Rabbi Akiva. Oh, of course. Right. How could it be anybody else? <laughs> How could it be anybody else? <laughs> it's a, you, you know, in the Chumash, there, there, there's a, I have all kinds of people listen to the, my shirim. So there's one woman. She lives in Las Vegas. 
and uh, maybe she'll love the shout out if she hears this. Sure. And uh, she's a grandmother a number of times over, and she she says, "No, I'm your groupie." And she's listened to around 800 of my shurim, and she told me, she goes, "You know that your favorite character in the Chumash is Yosef." I said, "I didn't know it. I didn't listen to all of these, you know, shurim." She did. So apparently, it's Yosef, and it's Rabbi Akiva, and Akiva ben Yosef. So I guess there's some kind of uh, there's something going on. And over what there. is it about Rabbi Akiva that makes him so fascinating? <sighs> I, I don't know what, how to answer that because it's something which has been with me for a very, very long time. It's the pathos. It's the, the beginning of the story. It's the end of the story. And, and the ups and downs along the way to pick himself up. Who could have picked himself up? I mean, talk up? about extremes. Yeah. He, he lived and died in extremes. Who could have picked himself up like that and start all over again? And, you, and by the way, you think about those new Talmudim. Right. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Right. I mean, you just... What he did, who we are today, is because of him. Wow. How could it be anybody else? Unbelievable. And Yosef, what is the, uh, how, do you, how do you think he gets the position number one on your list? <laughs> I, I, I said something terrible in Sheer yesterday. I give you Sheer once a week in Shalavim. I may have said this also in, in a Sheer in Barilan yesterday, and it's a terrible thing to say. I said, either Yosef is completely brilliant, right. or I am. Because I figured out every single thing that he's doing here along the way. But I don't think, meaning it's what he did. It's, it's, you see, Yosef interprets dreams. So then you have to follow with Yosef symbolism. Right. And it's all the symbolism, which is so rich. When he puts the money back in the bag the first time and they walk away and, and they open the bag, what's he saying to them? You did this before. You took money and you left a brother behind. He's screaming at them, but he's a passive aggressive. So there's, there's so much going on over there. So how can you not love it? Tremendous. He takes them back to the scene of their childhood when Lovin tracks them down and opens up the bags. And it's the same scene again. And he's trying to get them to point their finger up and yummy, just like Rachel. She did it then. And now he did the same thing. He's giving them excuse to walk away again. Are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? But there's just so much brilliance involved in, in, in what he does and what he says and how he does it. He knows they're coming. He knew they're coming from when he's 17 years old. He because knew, of the dream. Because of the dreams. And then he knew it again when he hears the Saramashkin's dream. Because he knows, oh. Now this makes sense. Yeah, think of the lesson that he got in politics by being in a political prison. Now he's going to know how everything works inside there. And he knows that this Paro, if he got rid of this guy, now he's going to understand how Paro works. And he knows that at some point Paro is going to have a crisis and he's going to turn to this guy and he's going to turn to me. I mean, he knows all this is happening. And when he hears Paro's dreams, he knows his brother's going to come look for food. It's, it's, it's all clear in front of him. So that's what I'm saying, that, that, that he is so brilliant. He's playing chess, and he's 20 steps ahead of them, and they have no idea that they're playing chess. They don't know who they're playing with. They just don't know what's happening. How can you not love Yosef? What do you think of the reunion? When he finally <laughs> reveals himself, the revelation. The moment before, the re- before he reveals himself is fascinating because Yehuda is blaming Yosef for Mechiris Yosef. I, I, I know you say, no, we're talking about Benjamin now. Yeah, right. But he's not. You'll, you'll read the chapter later. <laughs> <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he, he keeps on saying things about Yosef and not just about Benjamin because Yehuda feels the guilt about Mechiris Yosef and he keeps saying, if you do this, you got, look what you're going to do to your father. Right. You, you, sorry, look what you're going to do to my father right. because my father loves this son and if you take away the son that he loves, he's going to die. And then he goes, hi, I'm Yosef. Is my father still alive? Oh, I thought if you take away the son that he loves, he's going to die. I never thought of that. I never is thought that, of is that. that. Is that boom? <laughs> That's unbelievable. 
So, 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 and how long is he listening? Because Yosef, again, interprets dreams, understands symbols, but he can't be Yehuda's therapist. He's his victim. And the victim over here is blaming the victim. We can make a movie out of this, by the way. Make a guy go to a psychologist, but he's the guy that he victimized earlier, and now you have... This is fascinating. <laughs> I love it. Uh, remind everyone, please, because I've just forgotten for a moment the, the name of the book that we keep referring to. This, this newest one is called Explorations Expanded. There you go. It was the first book I wrote 20 years ago, which I re-edited it. That was 500 pages on all five books, and this is 350 pages just on Boratius. There are new chapters in there, new parts of old chapters in there. I put sources in there. And, um, and we should also mention you've written about the other four books as well. I've written the other four <laughs> books as well. I don't know how many books. <laughs> it's over 10 books I wrote. You love the ocean of Torah. I love it. You love it. I love it. And, you, and, and as you just described, you approached Afiomi the same way, like you're addicted to it. Yeah, total. Unbelievable. T- totally. Uh, Barilan. Yeah. How many years in Barilan? I don't know. I can't count. And that since, means, 19, and, since 1990. Wow. And that means what? A daily shear or a specific academic course? What is it? Academic that? courses. But, it, but it's Torah courses. I teach a course in Midrash. I teach a course in Agadah. And I teach a course in law and ethics. One day I'm going to, I'm trying to. I started this summer to write a book on, uh, on the law and ethics. I called it, I'm starting to call it, it's the title, Halacha for an Imperfect World. Wow. So I got a paragraph written so far. <laughs> well, I've, an, I've an outline. Does which it is start my, with that always? That's what it starts with. But I find writing halacha very different because I have to be very precise. And in machshava, you don't have to be as precise. Don't ask right. me why because I could be wrong in machshava. <laughs> right. it, it, it has to be more precise. And you mentioned Shalvim and there are other institutions. I, teach you, I, I give a shir in the OU once a week. For many, many, many years I gave the shir because my parents. That's the one I see always on Facebook. That's the one which is on. Yeah, that's the one which we go live. So my, my parents would come, but they, they recently they stopped coming. You know, they're well, Baruch Hashem. So, uh, yeah, so my, my parents, well, I asked my mother at some point, so are we even yet for all the, the <laughs> aggravation? All the aggravation. <laughs> she goes, yeah. So my mother said, and she goes, yeah, 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 we're even, we're, even, we're good, we're good. Unbelievable. You're incredible. Uh, Rabbi Ari Khan, his books are remarkable. His um, lectures are incredible. You could do what I do, which is every time he pops up on Facebook from the OU Center, you can listen to it. That's always a Parsha Shear, right? That's a, that's a Parsha That's always a Parsha Shear. And you did Vayigash already. I did Vayigash this morning. That's the one that popped up on my, on my feed today. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to know more about the revelation, yeah. it's there. Yeah. yeah. So I, Just check it out on I, lo- Again, lots of books on Parsha, working on other things in this book. And I, on Agadot, I'm very excited about it. Right. Well, I love your description about your approach to Talmud, which is amazing. And tonight, uh, you'll be there, I assume, to celebrate? No. Or, uh, no, or are you at any no. of the Siyum, or you did your own Siyum on Shabbos? I didn't even do it. I didn't even do it. You didn't even do a Siyum? No, I, I said to my wife, you know, the kids are coming over for Hanukkah. Right. And what's our Shabbos? She goes, no, it's Shas. You have to do something big. We have to a restaurant. Something, right. Something. So, so, so therefore, we're just... Did nothing so far. So okay, far. so there's so time. Far. So in my shul, there may be something. I don't know. But meanwhile, I just turned the page and went on to uh, brachas. The, the They say the Rav said that he never made a siyum. Right. Other than the uh, other than brachas, which, which you taught for years and years in and years Boston, in Moriah. Right, right. No, in Moriah. That was the Tuesday night cheer. Meaning where am I? He gave a Tuesday night cheer in Manhattan, in the Upper West Side, in a shul. And there. that was what he referred and, to as the only yeah, time he yeah, made a yeah, yeah. That was all the Balabatim, which really were the shul rabbis. Right. Ago. My father went to that cheer for 40 years. And that was a ten-year effort. And that, that yeah, something, something like that. He just won brachos from. The and, that and, and, that, and that he felt was. And that he felt that. It deserved to see him. It deserved to see him. Well, in your case, I advocate for a see him, or at yeah, least a kiddish. Yeah. I say at uh, least a kiddish. Uh, a kiddish. Something. 
Okay. Rabbi Khan, you're amazing. Thank you so much for joining Good us to today. See Great Thank to you. see you. Rabbi Ari Khan, everybody, check him out. Facebook and a million other places. Plus, take my recommendation. Buy his books, especially the ones uh, that are on the Parshios. Just incredible. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JMM, and we are live at World Mizrahi headquarters in Yerushalayim.
J.M. in the air. Oh, there we go. Uh, we're live at our mobile studio at World Mizrahi headquarters in Yerushalayim. That's right. Here we are, everybody. As uh, we celebrate the Siyam HaShas tonight at Binyanei Haoma. I want to remind everybody that our friends at Koren have an incredible deal. Koren's offering the Talmud reference package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Bavli. The Talmud reference package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the practical Talmud dictionary, the Gemara card, and Steinsaltz's revised re- reference guide. The 42-volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600 with free shipping from KorenPub.com. Prices are going up after the CMHS. Also, a special for CMHS, get all of Masechus Brachos for just $30. Koren's offering the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Masechus Brachos in color or black and white for just $30. Go to KorenPub.com for details. KorenPub.com for details. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echinishmas HaRav Zevin, Yosef Alevi. And Lezech Nishmas Esther Basar Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn that after the brothers of Yosef were going to depart from him to go back to their father, Yosef HaTzadik reminded them, Al Tirgazu Badarech, do not become wary along the road. Don't become agitated. Rashi HaKadosh tells us what Yosef was really saying was Altisasek, do not involve yourselves in a Devar Halacha, in the very involved Halachic study, because if you engage in that type of a deep conversation, you may not be able to keep your mind on the road and to understand all the dangers that are involved in the journey. Rashi HaKadosh tells us that Yosef HaTzadik needed to remind the brothers at this point the Zerashimshan asked the question, why is it that Yosef needed to remind his brothers? Certainly, all of his brothers were Tamidei Chachomim. They were all Torah scholars. The Shifteka certainly knew this part about not being involved in a halachic study while they're on the road. Furthermore than that, their father, Yaakov Avinu, certainly reminded them of this before they had left on their original trip. So why now did Yosef HaTzadik have to tell them, Do not go on the road while you're involved in a halachic discussion, while you're involved in some Talmudic discussion. And in that point, it's very interesting, because actually Yosef had himself been involved in a long journey. However, they noticed that Yosef HaTzadik also was impaired when he left and he was all of a sudden accosted and the brothers took him over and they sold him into slavery and all the things that happened. So they knew that there was a difficulty in having any kind of travel. They knew, as we learn, that kol hadrochim, that all the roads are becheska sakana, they all have an element of danger, so one must pay careful attention. However, the Zerashimshan answers that when they saw that Yosef HaTzadik was elevated to be a Mishnah Lamelech, a viceroy to the king, he had an exalted position in Egypt. They felt perhaps they did not have to worry that there would not be a Kittrig, that actually they were protected. It was because of this that Yosef said to them, even though I am a Mishnah Lamelech, 
even though eventually from this journey I was able to be elevated to an exalted position. You should know that the roads are still Becheska Sakana. You have to be very careful about the trip, the journey, and keeping your mind on all of the dangers and the perils of the road. The great Shinyavar Rebbe said that Tfila Saderach is extremely important. It is a sod. It is a deep foundation in Jewish life. May we all be protected wherever we go on all the streets and all the crossroads of the world. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day.
And we are very happy to be in Yerushalayim. And we're on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Rabbanit Shani Tarragon is here, Educational Director of Mizrahi and Director of the Mizrahi Matan Lapidot Educators Program. It is wonderful to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you, Rav Nachum. It is wonderful to be here. Thank you very much. Now, you said to us, that you were here on your way from a shiur you just gave where? Yes, in Matan, actually in the Matan Lapidot Mizrahi program. And where is where does that take place? So one day a week it takes place here in the Mizrahi building, and on Thursdays it takes place in the Matan Beit Midrash. And do you get a nice crowd for that? Yes, there is a beautiful, wonderful cohort of 16 women that come twice a week, dedicating their time not only to learning sources in Torah Shabal Pen, Machshavit Israel, but being trained how to teach that information in the high school and community setting. How did you get to this point? What is your background that you, are, you have reached this amazing stature and incredible academic uh, position? Oh, thank you. So I have to give my parents a tremendous amount <laughs> of credit. I think hey. that Avata Torah truly does come from the home. Uh, in addition to the wonderful educational settings, beginning Yeshivat Leif, Hebrew Academy of Long Beach, Yeshiva University High School for Girls, imbuing me with a sense not only of love for Torah learning, but exposure to Torah Shabachtav, Torah Shabal Peh, on a very high level with outstanding teachers, continuing in Stern College, and then Mechlala, and followed by, thank God, what we have today, numerous advanced programs for women, both in Matan, in Nishmat, continuing also in Barilan, particularly for Tanakh and Talmud. Wow. But I think most of what I teach is really more the Beit Midrash style that comes from the dynamic, dynamic Beit Midrash. Are most of the programs you describe, I mean, are they much further ahead than what we have in the United States, or there's plenty for women 
in the United States of the same level? Uh, there definitely are options available in the United States, but incomparable. Here, there are many more. This is the place, And huh? this is the place. I tell when everyone. When did you get here? You got here after college or much more recent than that? How? When did you get to Israel? So, excellent question. I came here. I actually went early admissions to Stern College, so I had a taste already of the, the university scene, but right. knew that I wanted to come with my peers post-high school, so to speak. So came as a 19-year-old here to Mechlala, fell in love with the learning and with the land, and at that point also met someone wonderful um, named Drew Uvein Tarragon. We know him well. <laughs> <laughs> and He's a we decided, star. yes, he is. So we decided you know, at the end of the year. You know, my son's went to Yeshiva Lakoto, so yes, they, they, he benefited so from... Uh, they definitely did. Yeah. You know, when you see in his office, Talmidim Harehim Kevanim, he lives at. And uh, wonderful to, uh, to then have an opportunity. We got married at the end of that year and decided, as many couples, that we wanted to spend our Shana Rishona learning together in advanced institutions. And by Sukkot of that year, we realized that there's Weeks no better later. place. Months later, Months but later. Uh, <laughs> close by, we decided there's no greater place to raise our children and to pursue at that point, even though we were both deliberating between medicine and chinuch, once we had decided, Chinuch said there's no better place to continue to, to promote and ultimately to engage in Torah yeah. learning and teaching than in Eretz Israel. And one of the reasons I asked about your background is because I'm just assuming that, that the path you took and with the serious, um, you know, with the serious study that you undertook on that path could only be done here, really. I think you're right in terms of, once again, the opportunities right. and that really Torah Nashim and Eretz Yisrael is really what you know, created a trajectory of advanced Torah learning for women. You know, here you don't have the same, even though there is polarization indicative through our not third elections, issues. but <laughs> not the same issues that you have in Chutz Laretz. And here, Rabbanim really are all on board in terms of promoting Talmud Torah L'Nashim and the Tzibor Dati Lu'umi. And uh, whether it was through, you know, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein's right. support of, of Matan, and the uh, Rabbanim Harashim, supportive of Yoatot Halacha Nishmat, of which I was part of the first cohort, really phenomenal to see that here, I never really felt the, the glass ceiling, but in Eretz Yisrael, having these opportunities to pursue both Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Peh on an unprecedented level, so much so that now it's, it's a standard, thank God. Kolakavod to you. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Segal Network. Rabbanit uh, Shani Tarragon is our guest here at the World Mizrahi Headquarters. I would say this to your husband if he was a guest as well. Um, Mizrahi reached out and really, Raperet, in my opinion, surrounded himself with unbelievable... One of the best moves he, he did, one of the best things he undertook was to surround himself with incredible people. You and your husband are among those that have joined this effort, have become a big part of his publication, have become a big part of his organization. Tell me about the relationship between you and Mizrahi. So it actually began with Rav Daron, who is really an outstanding personality, as I'm sure you're familiar with. Yep. Many people are dreamers. He's a dreamer who fulfills those dreams and has a sense of direction and knows exactly how, how to accomplish those goals. So it's not only fascinating, but energizing to work with someone who shares a similar vision and to do everything within our power to accomplish that vision together with a, a wonderful captain. So uh, he, we were first approached by uh, World Mizrahi on behalf also of, of the RZA right. to uh, go to Chutz Laretz to serve as 
as rabbinic shlichim in Chutzlaretz. And when we told them that we really wanted to stay here, but that we could accomplish a tremendous amount here with globalization today, it's really not so difficult to bridge the communities of Chutzlaretz with those of Eretz Yisrael. They agreed to bring us on board as not so much shlichim, but really educational coordinators to get different programs off the ground and to help to help reach this vision and accomplish the goal of merging Torah between Torah Eretz Yisrael and bringing those in Chutz on board. So you may not be official shlichim, but the effect that you're having on Chutz is tremendous. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the program around Yom Ha'atzmaut, yes. which is always, I mean, always. It's, it's a couple of years old. I'm already speaking about it as if, you know, it's something that the Jewish community should expect every single year. Uh, but it gets bigger and bigger. Plus, That's there good. are other select times when people are being sent to the United States or other areas of the diaspora to, to speak, to encourage people, to give them some inspiration. And that is really under your umbrella. Exactly. So uh, my husband is the one who really runs the the 360, the right. Israel 360, sending the speakers, particularly Yom Hatzmo, but as you said, through the Speakers Bureau, wonderful opportunities throughout the year for different communities to reach out to all the Mizrahi Torah educators, male and female alike. I'm smiling only because I've told my staff a million times how badly I want to be part of that bureau, but okay. <laughs> okay, you you're no signed idea. on. You're signed you on. no idea. Because we do. There are there are wonderful personalities in Chutzlaretz as well that share the Torah to Israel vision that should be going around to communities. So that's it. We're adding you to the list. <laughs> Done deal. All right. <laughs> and then community that would like to bring personalities like the, the ones you just described to their community, all they have to do is be in touch with you here at Mizrahi. Exactly. And what and we try to do is stuff. even proactively, we tell them, the speaker is going to be in your communities around this time. Here's a wonderful opportunity to invite them to inspire the members of your community. And we also subsidize the the scholars and residents right. for their for Shabbat. And by the way, there are, I, I believe through your program, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, there are people who never used to go to the diaspora, who would never travel to Chutzlaretz, and we would never get a taste of what they have to offer, and now they're there in synagogues around in New York or other areas of the United That's States. That's right. That's yeah. right. Numerous Rabbanim speakers who say that that was really their first exposure, which helps them relate more to whether it's their students or Anglo-Saxons here, and certainly worldwide, Southern Hemisphere and Australia, South Africa, we send the speakers there as well, and North America to to hear Hebrew and to hear these personalities that are so much a part of what's going on in the dynamic Datilumi world. You are part of an unbelievable team. I mean, yes. what, what he's yes. done here with the Mizrahi and adding people who just uh, inspire people around the world when it comes to Eretz Yisrael and Torah Yisrael is unbelievable. And the Rabbanit Shani Tarragon is one of the people that's doing that. Uh, by the way, the I don't know if you have anything to do with this Hamizrahi magazine other than your article that appears on a regular basis but whatever role you have i've been lauding it like crazy for you know since it came out but now that it's out so regularly and it's so full with so much amazing material it's something to really be proud of oh thank you so there really is an entire team so my role is particularly also in the yeshivot and midrashot and uh, choosing representatives making sure that the students who learn here for for the year as they return to chutzlaretz they still feel a connection 
with those teachers that they've learned so much by here. And this way, by picking up and knowing, I know who these these authors are, they automatically We've met them feel before. exactly. Who gets their article done faster, you or your husband? Uh, definitely he. It's not even a question. As a matter of fact, the competition is between myself and Rob Darone, who's always the last one to get their article in. You can consult with the staff, and uh, we uh, we debate who oh, uh, who great. gets it in by the last minute. I thank you very, very much. Will you be there tonight? I, I will be there tonight. For the Mashas happening at Binyanei Haoma. Yes. Just another thing that the Mizrahi has gotten involved with, and it has really spearheaded to make into an amazing event this evening. That's right, which will be a wonderful event of Achdut, of Torah Yisrael, of bringing both men and women and truly Simchat Torah to be manifest. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Rabbanit Shani Tarragon, Educational Director of Mizrahi, Director of Mizrahi Matan Lapidot Educators Program, and somebody who is a regular contributor to HaMizrahi Magazine. And as you heard, uh, she and her husband coordinate uh, amazing things for the Jews of the Diaspora uh, that emanate here from Eretz Yisrael. Um, more coming up here. Is this po- is it possibly Rabbi Tarragon is joining us? Oh, okay. We might actually have Rabbi Tarragon join us, which would be amazing. We'll be able to speak with him about the uh, my phone. Sorry about that. Um, meanwhile, we will go to we'll go to this. Uh, we have him on. Okay, so we'll go to this and more coming up from the Mizrahi headquarters in Yerushalayim. You are listening to JM and the AM on the Nachum Siegel Network. Believe it or not, it's called Shamayim here at JM in the AM. We have another very special guest with us live via telephone this time. Uh, we just spoke to Rabbi Shani Tarragon a moment ago, and now we get to speak to Rabbi Ruben Tarragon. He is Educational Director of Mizrahi and Dean of the Yeshiva Dakotel Overseas Program. Rabbi Tarragon, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nelson. Great to be here. I appreciate that. How has your journey to the United States gone, specifically being at the CMHS with alumni of Yeshiva Dakotel? Oh, it was really a very special experience. Just to celebrate together with 100,000 Jews like that, and Dr. Shem, we were able to arrange a special section for the Yeshiva Dakotel boys and to dance together, to think about our learning together, and together with Jews from all over. It's so important sometimes to take a step back and connect to the bigger picture of the Jewish people. No question about it, and I'm sure it was something exhilarating, to say the least. I know you're not going to be in Yerushalayim tonight, but you're familiar with the program that's going on in Yerushalayim <laughs> tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts about the Siyam HaShas of later on this evening? It's beautiful to see Siyam HaShas happening around the world. Thank God the various organizations that are part of the religious Zionist community in Israel were able to come together and put together a really special event. The vision is to put something together where all Jews and Eretz Israel can do something together, but in the time being, for the time being, this is something special. 
You have the copper abundance from different organizations. And before the Hebrew program, World Israelis put together a really beautiful English program that has a panel of women speaking about women's learning and Sivan and Yadidja who are in Shlichut have come back to speak about their Shlichut. Top Rabbanim from Israel and Chutzlar speaking, Rav Rimon, Rav Ari Berman. So it's going to be a great program, and I'm sure you've heard it's been sold out two or three times. They keep trying to issue passes and bring people in. It's going to be a really special event with thousands of people. Yeah, we heard you could use a much larger venue, and hopefully next time you'll have one. Well, we spoke to your co-educational director of Mizrahi <laughs> just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, I spoke about the incredible work that you and uh, Rabbanit Tarragon are doing, especially when it comes uh, to bringing Torah uh, Yisrael uh, to Jews in the diaspora. We are so impressed with the number of people and the roster of people that you have gotten, uh, not just on Yom Atzimut in that period of time, but in general during the year, to go to Chutz La'aretz and inspire people. What are your thoughts as you see uh, people from Israel go to Chutz La'aretz and take on this role? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, the credit goes to the world is rocking to Rav Ron Perez, who really is the leadership behind it. And obviously there's wonderful Rabbanim and Chutz La'aretz who are here and who are educating and inspiring, but there's something added and special when people come to Meretz Israel and connect people back to Eretz Yisrael, and really that's the idea of the Dafyomi. Rav Meir Shapiro, when he launched the Dafyomi, spoke about a Jew traveling two weeks from Eretz Yisrael to New York, and then taking out his Gemara Brachon and continuing to learn with the people here. Today, it takes less than two weeks to make the trip, and we can remain connected in easier ways. I don't know if you saw Nachum yesterday in Tinek before the sea, and we had a beautiful program, Shiva Dakota, where Shai Shechter and Rav Yosef Adler spoke from him and myself spoke from the Israel side. These kinds of combinations where people come from Eretz Israel and speak together with the local Rabbanim are a beautiful part of what we're trying to accomplish in Israel and Chutzlar. It really is remarkable, and as you said, Rav Daron Peretz gets tremendous credit when it comes to the Mizrahi, and what you're doing with Yeshiva Kotel and as educational director of the Mizrahi is really remarkable as well. I thank you for your thoughts today, and I'm sure you'll be thinking of everybody in Yerushalayim during tonight's special program. And continue your amazing work, Rabbi Tarragon. We are big fans of yours. Thank you very much. The feelings are mutual. And Yishikov to you for nothing spreading the word about all these great things. Amen. Tadaraba. Rabbi Ruben Tarragon, everybody. He is the educational director of the Mizrahi, dean of the Yeshiva Kotal Overseas Program, and doing amazing work on behalf of the uh, Jewish community, especially uh, now in this special role that he has um, to help Jews in the diaspora as well. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM live from the the our mobile studio at World Mizrahi headquarters in Yerushalayim. Keep it here at JM and the AM. Hello. 
in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world the web and AlchemSiegel.com and the AlchemSiegel Network and of course on the beloved NSNF J.M. in the A.M. on this very special uh, broadcast of the uh, uh, of our Siamashas um, coverage. We're with World Mizrahi, of course, here at uh, the Nachum Siegel Network. And it is a tremendous honor for us to introduce... All right, I guess we, I guess I guess Lord Sachs has put us on hold, but it's a it is a tremendous honor for us that he's going to be joining us in a moment. And uh, once he does join us, we will connect. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, okay, I'm told that I'm told that Lord Sachs is with us. Um, Rabbi Sachs, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Well, it's a thrill to be talking to you, Nachum, and uh, to wish you blessing and continued success in your work. I appreciate that. Tonight, as you know, a Siyum Ashas going on in Binyanei Haoma. We know that there are many Siyumim going on around the world. Curious about your thoughts as all of these uh, completions of the Talmud are happening uh, almost simultaneously among so many thousands and thousands around the Jewish world. Listen, this is thrilling beyond thrilling. I cannot begin to tell you how significant this is. This is epoch-making. I mean, there were only a handful of people involved right at the beginning of uh, Dafiomi back in 1929. We're, we're talking about an explosion of Jewish learning, the like of which has never been seen before, even in the great days of the Tanaim and the Amoraim. And it's been made possible, really, by new information technology, by the Internet, by smartphones, by iPad. The Duff is on uh, tablets, and it's connecting people around the world. So I'm really and truly thrilled by it. Civilization began with one revolution in information technology, the inventing of writing. Judaism, monotheism, began with the second revolution, which was the alphabet. And every revolution in information technology has had positive, spiritual, transformative possibilities. And that's what we're seeing in this Siyom Hashas. It's, it's so interesting you mentioned that, especially knowing uh, how sometimes there is pushback in our community when it comes to technology and it comes to technological advances. But I guess 
if one has their um, their eyes open and can see the future, then they would agree that there's tremendous potential for that technology to only enhance the study of Torah and the observance of our precious tradition. And that's something very important to keep in mind. Yeah, look, every technology from the stone axe has come with possibilities of bad and possibilities of good. Right. And what our Kaddish Baruch what Hashem is saying to us is, here's this technology that makes new things possible. Use it for good. Because there are plenty of people who will use it for the friends that are not good. Rabbi Sachs, I thank you for your words. And before we let you go, I must ask you about a topic that is so on the minds of those of us who are based in the New York, New Jersey area. And you've written, you've written about terrorism, you've written about people and their pursuit of violent activity when it comes to a certain belief, etc. Um, you know that there, are, uh, there is a spate of episodes now in New York and New Jersey and in the United States in general, uh, which are categorized as severe anti-Semitic episodes. Um, I know that when it comes to other parts of the world, including Europe, there are countries that are used to this type of behavior and these types of, uh, of, um, of scenarios taking place. Uh, I'd like I'd like to hear what you have to say about the fact that this has now spread to the USA and that it's such a great concern to the Jewish community. It really is a great concern, and you know we feel for you, and uh, we know that you feel for us in Britain, in Europe. Um, the truth is that it's connected with what I was saying before. Anti-Semitism emerges when there are huge revolutions. In, in people's lives. In this case, the, the technological revolution. When people see the world changing faster than they can bear, some people, some very bad people ask, who is doing this to us? They search for a scapegoat to blame. And historically, the scapegoat to blame has always been the Jews. And that's what's happening. People of, you know, the white supremacists seeing white America going away from um, various communities who feel they haven't achieved all they ought to have achieved. They're religious extremists who feel that, um, you know, the world isn't giving them the honor they deserve, and they turn against us. So the real question is, what can we do about it? And there are really three things we have to do about it, and the American Jewish community has to do it, and it's already begun to do so. Number one, very strong form of local security. Bad people are always looking for soft targets. Every Jewish venue must be a hard target. That's the only way to stop terrible crimes like happened in Monsey, happened in Jersey City, happened in Poway, and happened in Pittsburgh. And that needs community defense, and it means government support for community defense. Second thing is we need to make friends beyond the Jewish community who will stand with us in the fight against anti-Semitism. And third, we have to tell the world that the hate that begins with Jews never ends with Jews. So anti-Semitism concerns us all. We've also seen, um, uh, I, I, I would say, a, uh, an atmosphere of anti-Semitism when it comes to certain public officials, uh, government officials, not just where you are, but in, as you know, in the United States as well. And I wonder if there's a solution to that problem when, when people are willing as citizens to put into office those who are, uh, who are designated as such haters. 
people who hate Jews tend to be people who hate people. And uh, they tend to be very, very poor uh, political leaders or leaders of any kind. So uh, we have seen in Britain a whole electorate turn against somebody who happened to be uh, happened to make his party a safe haven for anti-Semites. They didn't do so because they were fighting anti-Semitism. They did so because they could see his faults as a leader. So, you know, I think the truth is uh, we know we have enemies. We know we have enemies. But we also have very good friends. And the important thing is to cultivate those friends. And those friends will eventually be in positions of influence where they can shape public opinion so that this terrible hate that has returned can be banished forever. Amen. Rabbi Sachs, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this eve of the Siamashas in Jerusalem. Thank you for being part of this with us. Thank you, and let's all celebrate together. Amen. Be well. Thank you very, very much. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM as we continue from the World Mizrahi Headquarters in Yerushalayim as the Siam Ashas in Benyanei Haoma begins at 8 p.m. tonight, which means at 1 o'clock New York time, you'll be able to watch it all at Mizrahi.org slash Siam. This is JM in the AM. i 
מי שמאמין לא מפחד את האמונה לאבד ולנו יש את מלך העולם והוא שומר אותנו מכולם מי שמאמין לא מפחד את האמונה יש לכולנו מגדול ועד קטן ימים יפים וגם פחות וביניהם תשובה לכל השאלות יש אלוקים אחד גדול ובעולם הזה נותן לנו הכל בין אפלה לקרן את הנתיב אנחנו רק צריכים לבחור וזה ידוע חיים הם מתנה אחד ועוד אחד זה סוד ההצלחה עם ישראל לא יבטל תמיד על המפה אנחנו נשאר וזה ידוע חיים הם מתנה הכל צפוי והרשות נתונה מי שמאמין לא מפחד את האמונה
Ari Goldwag, it's called Hafachta here at JM in the AM. We're in Israel. It's day one of an amazing trip. Big thank you to the Inbal Hotel. They're our headquarters here in Israel, in Yerushalayim. Thank you to the Inbal Hotel. You'll hear more about them tomorrow since we'll be, broadca- since we'll be broadcasting from there tomorrow. Um, so thank you to the Inbal Hotel. Uh, also, a reminder that uh, our friends at Koren... Where are I? Our friends at Koren are offering the Talmud reference package for free when you purchase a set of the Noe Edition Koren Talmud Bavli. Is that the phone? It could be Miriam's app is on. Uh, the Talmud reference package includes all necessary tools to enhance your Gemara learning, including Hamafteach, the practical Talmud dictionary, the Gemara card, and Rav Steinsaltz's revised reference guide. The 42-volume set is now available at the introductory price of $1,600. Um, with free shipping from KorinPub.com. Prices are going up after the Siyam. Special for Siyam Ashas. Get all of Masechah's brachos for just $30. Koren's offering the Noe edition Koren Talmud Masechah's brachos in color or black and white for just $30. KorinPub.com for details. KorinPub.com for details. Um, Margot Botwinnick is with us live via telephone. Uh, she and her husband, Rav Josh, are the JLIC couple at IDC Herzliya. It's Mizrahi's campus leadership program. Uh, Margot Botwinnick, welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you so much. It's actually about, about 13 years ago I was here in high school when I was at my so it's good to be back. Wow! Thank you very much for remembering that. I hope I hope it's a pleasant hope it's <laughs> a pleasant hope it's a pleasant memory for you. We we were we were aware we were aware of the fact that the JLIC program that has of course been um, uh, described to us by our friends at the OU. We were aware that they expanded to Israel. I didn't even realize there was a Mizrahi connection. Explain what's going on uh, on the campus of IDC Herzliya. 
Yes, for sure. Um, it's been an incredible experience so far. We're in our third year at IDC. You know, when I was in high school, when I was in my year in Israel, there were there were two options, I'd say, maybe three options in front of you, what you could do after high school or after your, your year in Israel. You go to Yeshiva University, Stern College, which I did, my alma mater, with great experience. You go to what we call secular college, to Maryland, Grandis, Penn, whatever, also have a great experience there. Or, you know, if you're a little crazy, you make a yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course. But, you know, that was, uh, of course, an option, too. Living in Yvonne go to Bar Ilan, Hebrew U, whatever it is. And I think what we're seeing now, especially, of course, with um, Madrachi on board, is another option. And there's this option to live in Israel, to study in English at IDC. And what we've been finding is there's this surge of excitement and enthusiasm, this group of students, these Olim, these former lone soldiers who did Shiri or just decided excited about building this community in Herzliya. And what's the connection with Mizrahi? In other words, we always think of uh, JLIC as an OU program. Where does Mizrahi come into the picture? That's an excellent question. So, of course, we're part of the OU, which I believe within their mission is more focused on um, yeshiva, well, at least OUJLIC, yeshiva day school um, in North America. And now that this is in Israel, of course, OUJLIC is a strong part, but World Mizrahi was able to come in as a partnership right. focused on religious Zionism, focused on content and Jewish education of religious Zionism, and it was this seamless, beautiful partnership. Very cool. Um, I wonder if the function that you and Rav Josh have on the IDC Herzliya campus is very similar to the same type of function and experience that couples have on college campuses in the U.S. Have you ever asked your colleagues about what they go through on a regular basis and if it sounds very similar as to what you're doing? Of course. You know, in the day in and day out, students are students, and many of the issues are similar, whether it's pastoral counseling or religious growth or just a, a desire to come closer to Judaism in general or continue their their education. Um, I think what, of course, stands out being in Israel is that the students truly are these, if I, you know, if, if I can say, um, independent thinkers and idealistic students who have chosen to make Aliyah and live on their own. And because of that, I think the sense of family and the sense of community is extremely strong, modeled after what they see of their friends in America. They see the strong Jewish communities that Hillel, that OUJLIC have built together. And now they say, wait a second, let's, let's bring that here. Often the students are a little bit older, a little more international. But yes, very similar. And I'm and I'm fascinated by the whole Mizrahi angle, meaning, as you pointed out, that if you're going to go ahead and uh, dedicate yourself to studies in Israel and, you know, again, have the type of commitment that you described where somebody wants to spend a good part of, if not the rest of their uh, life in Israel, uh, they should be imbued with some religious Zionist principles and understand, uh, you know, that whole aspect of Jewish life here in Israel. And I'm not saying it's not important. Exactly. For, I'm not saying it's not important for the students in the U.S. Believe me, it is. <laughs> but it's even more important for those for those who come here and spend their time on the campus here. Exactly. When when the partnership was suggested, and um, we couldn't be more excited to join the Rashi team. Well, it's a it's a remarkable program. Do you have any idea if there's going to be more expansion in Israel? Do you know if there are more couples who are being approached to go to other campuses at this point? 
That is an excellent question. So just this, it's only now we're in our third year right now, right. but just for this year, we opened up in Givachemuel and Bar Ivan. There's an amazing couple there, the Pelices. Wow. And I can't tell how every single Shabbat students come from Technion from Hebrew University and just say, like, how can we get this for us? How can we get this here? People often think they come to Israel. Of course, they're going to maintain their religiosity, their education. They're in Israel. But that's obviously not the case. It's, it's more difficult than that to really maintain strength in, in your Jewish life. And um, I think that the Mizrahi JLIC is really, they're able to support that. The students see it and they want it. And I know that there's a push on all sides to try and make it happen. Phenomenal. Margot Botwinick is half of the JLIC couple at IDC Herzliya, of course, with her uh, husband, Rav Josh. And the Mizrahi's campus leadership program, as you hear, uh, has a tremendous uh, input and what they're doing at IDC Herzliya. Thank you so much for joining us, Margo, and continued success to you. Thank you. <laughs> More coming up. This is JM in the AM. Uh, you're listening to our special broadcast from our mobile studio at World Mizrahi Headquarters. We get set for the big Siyam Ashas tonight at Binyanei Haoma. Tomorrow we are in the Inbal Hotel with our friends from Koran Publishers. Monday we are in the... Uh, in, in, we are in Shari Tzedek Medical Center here in Yerushalayim for Monday's JMN that will be live. And we have to mention two very special occasions. I want to take this opportunity to um, wish my in-laws a happy 60th wedding anniversary. Today is their 60th wedding anniversary. So when you see uh, Gail and Itzy Weintraub today, make sure to wish them a happy 60th Um they were married on January the 2nd of 1960. Wow. January, doesn't that sound like a long time ago? January the 2nd of 1960. And tonight is the uh, TABC dinner. And I want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to Mo Fuchs, who's the guest of honor, celebrating 25 years of service at TABC, Linda Moed Cohen, the Faculty Service Awardee, and Svi Solomon, our wonderful friend, who graduated in 2009, and he's getting the Alumni Tribute Award. It's happening tonight at Congregation Keter Torah in Teaneck. Go to tabc.org slash annual dinner and uh, wish a mazel tov to uh, tonight's honorees. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM with Gershon Varoba. car came along and pulled up by my side And inside was a rabbi with a long white beard He said, son, I'm gonna take you for a ride Why don't we go up to Jerusalem Oh, up to Jerusalem, yeah Up to Jerusalem with me Moses said, son, 
Won't you come along with me? Why don't we go up to Jerusalem? Oh, up to Jerusalem, yeah, up to Jerusalem with me. Why don't we go up to Jerusalem? Oh, up to Jerusalem, yeah, up to Jerusalem with me.
JM in the AM. It's Eitan Katz, Vali Yerushalayim here. And we are in Yerushalayim. We're at the World Mizrahi headquarters in uh, Yerushalayim. As we get set for tonight, Siyam Ashas, Abinyanei Haoman, Sivan Rahab Meir, who's been a guest of ours before. And tonight, I have the honor of uh, hosting a, a discussion with Sivan and her husband, Yedidya Meir, um, at Binyanei Haoma. She's with us live via telephone. Sivan, uh, telephone. Sivan, shalom, shalom. Welcome back to JM in the AM. <laughs> Shalom, shalom. We just landed at Ben Gurion Airport. I'm here waiting for the luggage and talking to you. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought you were ready in Yerushalayim. No wonder. No wonder you're saying you may not make it to Binyanei Haoma on time. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you do, you come to Israel and you you talk to Nachum Siegel. Baruch Hashem, really. Well, really excited. We're on our way to Binyanei Haoma, of course. I appreciate that, and I'm preparing some very, very difficult questions for you. I hope that's okay. <laughs> no problem. Did, as long as we can also ask you some difficult questions. That would be my honor. Do you have, uh, <laughs> were you there yesterday? Did you go to the Siamashas in New Jersey or you didn't have an, an opportunity? Of course. Of course. Don't ask us how many hours we slept tonight. But me and my husband, Yudhya, uh, we had a wonderful, exciting evening there with, uh, you know, 1,100. Uh, one, how many people were there? Almost, I think. Uh, 100,000. Uh, 100,000. Yeah, almost. Almost, almost, yeah. It was so fascinating to be there and, you know, to see the Seum there. And we went, you know, directly to Newark, and now we landed here on our way to the Seum tonight, the and we're really here. Yeah, we're blessed to be in both places. And how long has it been since you've been to Yerushalayim? Uh, the last time I was here wasn't so positive. It was the elections during the month of Elul. They called so you I back for the elections, huh? Yeah, I, 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 unfortunately, I have to come again in two months once again for the elections. But uh, it's really fun to come to Israel, not in order to cover the elections, in order to cover the Siumashas, you know. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> we are looking forward to speaking to you tonight. And Todaraba for joining us. And, uh, and uh, we will continue to hear about your adventures of being Shlichim in the United States of America. It is a fascinating thing to watch as the two of you continue this adventure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Looking forward to see you there tonight. So Daraba, I hope, only, only, only if the luggage will, will arrive. We're still <laughs> yes. waiting. I hope. I hope. <laughs> With all your connections at the airport, I'm sure that luggage <laughs> will be there any minute. <laughs> shalom, shalom. Be well. There she is, Ivan Rahmeir. We said we'd have her on Arab the Siyum Ashas and Yushalaya, but I don't think we expected her to actually be at the luggage carousel. Um waiting for her luggage at the airport like the, we were just a few the minutes luggage ago. carousel is the great equalizer of <laughs> life we all have to stop there. well i always say that there's two great equalizers one is shabbos because somebody can't you know spend anything on you know on shabbos itself uh, compared to somebody else right and the others is natural disasters because you're, you're all in the same boat if well, aren't you available for a pick me up <laughs> So now you're adding to that the luggage. I yeah, like that. okay. I like well, that. luggage carousel is a I lot. I like that, how you're adding the luggage carousel to my list. I like that. Okay, how about I'm starting my own list? <laughs> Maybe that's the Why, way. Why? Do you have any it. other great equalizers besides that? Well, I always, I've said that before about the luggage carousel because at one point when we came back from LA, this is years and years and years ago, we were on one side of the luggage carousel, like at LaGuardia, and I think it was Billy Baldwin, Alec, but one of the Baldwin brothers, was standing there with his model wife waiting for their luggage also. I'm like, see? They wait for their <laughs> luggage also. 
Everybody waits for their luggage. You're teaching someone a lesson. Maybe yourself. Maybe myself. (laughs) Even they wait for their luggage. Exactly. I am now speaking. If you don't recognize the voice, it's Miriam L. Wallach. This is getting worse. I am speaking to somebody who is a delegate, a member of the list. Oh, boy. A member of the list for the Mizrahi World Movement. This is a lot of responsibility for me. In the upcoming election. I know. Uh, It is amazing. I'm I'm, I'm starting to think of what I'm going to say tonight. Yoni's thinking of voting for the other guy. (laughs) I'm trying to... Put it, I'm trying to put together in my okay. mind what I'm going to say about Yanei Omat tonight because I do have this unique opportunity to interview Sivan Rahav Meir and Yadidya Meir. You're not going to start with, so, Sivan, are you going to sit next to Miriam on the panel or what? You know, <laughs> at the Congress in October? You guys want to sit next to each that other? Was not what I oh, I was just asking. No, I wasn't thinking okay. about that. Um, <laughs> but, just asking. But I'm preparing my words, and, and, yeah. and at the beginning, I want to acknowledge, of course, Rav Daron. Sure. And the fact that he, we have this association with him. I also, uh, by the way, I know we're not doing thanks yet, but I have to, I have to give a shout out to Rav Hillel. Yeah. Who, I mean, Van Leeuwen here at Mizrahi, who basically programmed the entire show, who has no experience in radio, and, and, and did said, a fantastic job. Remember when job. I said there'd be some great guests? Yep. There were some great guests. There were some great guests. Not every day that Rabbi Sachs and. Uh, and Racheli Frankel and Ravi Moan and so many others appear on mm-hmm. this show. Um, so as I'm going through my remarks, right. so I, I'd like to mention, if it, if it fits in, I'd like to mention some of my history with the Mizrahi. You know, the way I do it, it'll probably be only a sentence or two, which I think is fine. Sure. And I was thinking that I have to mention that I'm honored to have been asked to be part of the slate, part of the list for Mizrahi in the upcoming elections. Yeah. That especially affect the United States. And I'm saying to myself, okay, so now should I say, and my colleague Miriam Wallach, or should I just leave it and say that my family and I are quite honored to be part of this whole thing? I promise that from the back of the room, I won't shout out, hey, what about me? <laughs> I was even thinking yeah. of saying, here's the line I came up with. Miriam for Congress? That I was going to say that, that uh, my family and I and her family and hers, uh, you know, thank you for this... Uh, I, 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 my family and I and mm. she and her family, you know, thank you for this honor. So I may do that. I'm not sure. Okay. Don't read anything into it if I do leave it out. Right. Don't leave reading anything into it. We're not broadcasting just, that, are we? I'm showing you the... The what's, machinations. Right, what's going on here? Malcolm Siegel word. The machinations of no what's going I, on through my mind. You have no idea how No, much, no one knows. You have no idea how much I've been thinking about tonight's thing and what should be said and what shouldn't be said. I. You think I don't know how long you've oh, been thinking about this? Crazy. It doesn't leave my head. Anyway. So that's is it going to leave your head at 6.45? It, it will at 6.50, and it will. Yeah. And I'm already getting into that frame of mind. Like, I'm already in that zone where, okay, three hours from now, it'll be hopefully a good presentation, and we'll have, you know. And then we go into the CM. Ah, then the CM, which is going to be there, amazing. going to be some great speeches. If you like great inspirational speeches. Right. And you understand Hebrew. I think there's some in English. Oh, I thought they were all in Hebrew. Are they? I don't know. If they're all in Hebrew, does Rav Jerome mind if I uh, had out for some dinner in the middle? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Will there be a concession outside? I mean, is that the most Jewish thing? <laughs> so need, are they selling food at I the Seum? I need to know. This How is, much is a dog at the Seum? This is important to me. <laughs> I need to know this. Anyway. That's a funny question. So there you have it. Uh, I'm speaking live on the air with a delegate, a member of the Mizrahi. As am I. A member of the Mizrahi slate. A little bad for Yoni. I think he feels out of place. He's not a member to Slate. Is, right. Does he feel badly? I think so. You know, but it's all right. We love take, Yoni. They don't, they don't take foreigners. They don't they, take people from Houston. They want Americans. Well, what's funny is that you and I just learned that this was a U.S. Yeah, I was under the impression that it was that all the diaspora whole, right, jury, which it is to a degree. Stop. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that it is to a degree. That it is to a degree. Right. But in real election format, it's only the United States of America. Right. Right. In other words, they, there is a the way it was described to us earlier, there is a way that, that things are divided up when it comes to other countries. But in terms of U.S. effect on this whole thing with the uh, World Zionist Congress, it is it is really the only active election format. So we're part of that. How do you Just like proving that? again that us Americans don't need the Brits. We need a good uh, slogan for our campaign. I don't. I don't think you realize you and I are not Siegel running by ourselves. Wallach. I vote like Wallach Siegel soar, better. Soar like an eagle. Vote for Siegel. How's that one? <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. That was the catchphrase in every geo election in, in Siegel family history. Well, um, how many elections did you guys <laughs> oh, win? There were a lot. We were in a lot of them. In did you school. win any of them? Yeah, I think with so. that. Yeah, soar, really. Soar like an eagle. Vote Maybe for you, they were just afraid of you guys because you're so much bigger no, than I'm everybody you, else. Soar like an eagle. Vote for Siegel. Take it to the bank. I'm telling you. Okay. You're going to see how well the Mizrahi slate does now because of that slogan. I bet you they don't use that slogan. <laughs> but I'll be using it. Okay. It'll convince our It'll listeners. It'll be your last year on the slate. It'll convince our listeners to vote. In a couple for. years, I'm not even going to know who you are on that slate. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. By the way, someone looked at the list online. Yeah. Uh, some names are up here and some names are down well, here. Well, when Wallach starts with a W, it's going to be down it's there. It's not alphabetical order. What does that mean? It's not alphabetical. Know, is somehow, it in height order? I honestly don't know how this happened, but somehow my name is like at the top two rows. I don't know how it happened. I, don't, I really don't know how it happened. Who'd you pay off? And then we searched and searched and searched and searched, and eventually we found your name. There you go. <laughs> what, did it have an L? I think so, yeah. Yes, because yeah. I, you know. Had an L. I was annoyed. Anyway. Thank you to the Inbal Hotel. Let's thank you to the Inbal. First of all, let's thank you to Avrami. Avrami, who came here to the World Mizrahi headquarters and made sure that we were technologically sound even before we landed here in Israel. He does get some credit because we had Menucha Sanefesh coming here Correct. knowing that everything was, uh, was fine. And so. truth, truth be told is that if there were going to be any problems, they were going to be Yonis. Right. So you and I were going to feel fine. Right. Right. But thank you, Avrami. Thank you very, very much, Avrami. The Inbal is an incredible yes. uh, host for, uh, for us. Yep. Always are. Tomorrow we'll broadcast from there, and our friends from Corin Publishers will join us. I also want to give a special shout-out to Yigal Siegel, yes. our chief of staff, who is not only our chief of staff in Israel when we're here, mm -hmm. but, of course, all year round, no matter where we are. But because we're here, I want to give him a special shout-out. Perfect. And a special thank you. Mm -hmm. Sunday is a uh, an interesting day. We have a day full of meetings and encounters, which we'll report about on Monday. And Monday, we're at Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, one of our favorite places. Correct. David Lowy, by the way, tweet, uh, posted on Facebook 10 minutes ago, tune in tomorrow morning to Nachum Siegel Live from the Inbal Hotel in Israel for a little something. We we did not know this, but I just found this out. Today is David Lowy's birthday. Oh, how do you like that? Yep. Tell him to bring his guitar. Maybe we'll do a song or two. Who okay, knows? I will tell him because he asked me if he should. All right, tell him to bring it along. You never know. You never know. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, the final few minutes of our uh, broadcast from Mizrahi World Headquarters in Jerusalem on this Thursday. Tonight is the Siyam HaShas HaOma. We will be there. Here's Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM.
שלפעמים הדרך לא קלה, אני ממשיך גם אם כואב ויש לי אמונה. Shmueli wrapping up a uh, wonderful Thursday for us at JM and AM. A big thank you to Rav Daron Peretz and everybody at World Mizrahi. A big thank you to Hillel. A big thank you to Maxine, Susan, and everybody here at the Mizrahi headquarters. Big thank you to Yoni Pollock, engineering our broadcast today. And, of course, a big thank you to our producer, and that would be Miriam L. Wallach, whose name you'll see on the, on the Mizrahi slate in the upcoming election starting January the 21st. Believe you. Me, we will remind you. I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> at you, not at being included on the slate. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, tell me, is this going to go on for months? Yes, till okay. March. What's the date? March okay. 20th, I think. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at alchemistical.com and the alchemistical network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up an amazing uh, Jerusalem Day 1 edition of JM in the AM. We're at the uh, Seum later on, Mizrahi.org slash Seum. I'm told that Charlie Harari is, in fact, next with Unlocking Greatness and Spin Class with Michael Fragan will take place starting at 9.30. At 10 o'clock, it's June the City Speaks. And guess what? At 10.30, it's Miriam Al-Wallach with That's Life and Rifki Siegel. Rabbanit Rifka Segal is going to be the guest. She is the uh, author of the brand-new book, Living to Hillim, and she'll be... Uh, uh, coming up between uh, 10.30 and 11 a.m. Guess what? We sat in for Avrami on Tuesday when we did the live lunch from West Orange. He sits in for us today from 11 until 1 Eastern time. We thank Avrami for that. Tomorrow, it's an Erev Shabbos show from the Inbal. Join us for all the action. Till then, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.